Generally Speaking About the Church, podcast episode number 105. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Generally Speaking About the Church podcast. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. And my name is D.G. Hunnels. Here, I thought you were Opie over there. Oh, yeah? Whistling? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just, your your theme song is just so catchy and, yeah, and skippity. Skippity. I just created that word. You can go to Everyone G- is allowed to use skippity now. Go to gspn.tv forward slash ringtone. <laughs> That'd be so funny if your ringtone was just me whistling the whole time. There you go. <laughs> All right. So anyway. All right. So, hey, today we are going to be talking about topics. In advance, we know what we're talking about. Yes. The, well, that is that is very helpful if we actually had advanced topics. Advanced topics. We have three phone calls I don't know how we're going to pack everything into this episode. I think we we're should not. just talk about it all really fast. No, 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 no. We have to, we have to stretch it out so we could fill other podcasts. Yeah. Okay. Let's do that. <laughs> all right. So, stretch. so, so the first thing we got to on, on tap here to talk about is art in the church. Now, DG, you brought this up in the past and I think it kind of fell flat on me because I have like, you know, I am not a very artistic person. So I I, I, I think I, I if I remember it was just the topic that we brought up and it's like oh yeah okay DG that's cool so <laughs> so but maybe maybe I just dreamed that and perhaps maybe I'm just like telling you what I think is gonna happen when you bring it up but go ahead <laughs> what, what's on your mind about art in the church you're like oh, that's the boring subject I don't even want to talk about no, art no no I'm all for it man but I thought well, we had this one before well we'll, no I mean I we, we we might have we might see, have it was so boring you forgot. Exactly. Yeah, that's, that's what, what I'm was. saying. It, it fell on deaf ears, and I was like, "Well, I'm not going to bring that one up again." He was he was bored by. It. <laughs> so, so you thinking we need some more more stained glass art in the in the in the windows and stuff? Is well, that what you're talking about? No, I just think that. Um, yeah, now I remember talking about it. Yeah. See? <laughs> It's all coming uh, back, isn't it? It is. It's like slow going in oh, slow Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Moving on. Next topic. <laughs> no, I just I just got I just got back from the Cincinnati Art Museum. I went there this morning. Yeah. Uh, I was starting to feel a little bit thirsty for some art. Yeah. Uh, and, and I don't know if you ever felt that or not. I know that no. there are there are artsy fartsy people out there like me. I'm a photographer. I like to do photography. I like to do fine art photography. Uh, which is basically the other stuff other than photojournalism and uh, and stuff like that. And I just, uh, every now and then I just I crave it. I crave creativity. I crave being able to see what others have produced in their creativity. Right. Um, and I think that uh, creativity in the church has been lost over over time. I mean, there was a time there where we were paying artists to paint on our ceilings. Yeah. <laughs> Sistine Chapel and... And, 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 and we were paying architects to make our churches just strikingly beautiful. Right. Not just functional, not just a big box, not whatever else, but there was art involved. There was art, there was art deco on the sides of the walls. And there was, you know, there was a, there was just, there was a, there was a sense of beauty that man can create that I think God as the creator gave to, gave to humanity. Yes. Uh, not to say women too. I, you know, I don't want to be. I'm trying to be inclusive. Like, Come uh, on, translations get, that we're get your about. NI new today's international version <laughs> of our podcast in order. Anyway, yeah, that's right. Gosh, <laughs> actually, I stuck up for a woman. There was a lady who works in the communication department at the Kentucky United Methodist Conference yeah. office, and it's actually all women who work in the communication department. Yeah. And she goes, we're putting in all these man hours. And I was like, and woman hours. And there was a lady beside me. And she goes, thank you for saying that. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, women's lib. Woohoo. Down with Whitey. Um <laughs> No, but but there was a buy ton. your green shoes. That's, yeah, buy your green shoes. I actually used that in a Bible study earlier. I bet you did. <laughs> um, <laughs> you are like constantly keeping me off track. But I think that you know, if God is the creator, then He has put that that desire for us to create in, into us. There is something within us. I think that uh, in some people it's completely tapped into, and in a lot of people it's completely untapped into. I think. Primarily because we've never really had an emphasis on creativity in the school uh, within the past, I don't know, 100 years or 200 years, something like that. It's just become the, the, it's uniformity. A, yeah, uniformity. There's a very, it's, 
It's not an emphasis on creativity in the midst of our education. It is stay in the lines. It is do this math problem. It is, and, and we're, we're missing. And I think a lot of creativity actually provides new things. I mean, you know, necessity is a mother of invention, but I think creativity actually brings about invention as well. Yeah. And so I just think the church has forgotten its rich heritage and rich history of incorporating the arts uh, and creativity into worship, into buildings, into uh, into the lives of the church. I mean, just into the body of the church. We've not done a good job as of late. Now, say like two, three hundred years, maybe even four or five hundred years. But right. We have not done a good job of putting an emphasis of encouraging youth and children as well as adults to start really tapping into their creativity aspects of their faith, to dream with God and, and, and have that kind of mentality and idea uh, within the church. So, yeah. And, and I think you do it. You just do it in your own way. You I do, do it, it through podcasts. You do, do it through social media. You, you do it through audio art. Yes. And, um, and so I think everyone has that potential, mm-hmm. but I just don't know if the church has really encouraged them to really live into that. Yeah. A, a couple things. I was, that's one of the things I was going to say is, is I am, I'm not a, you know, I, 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 I believe I am creative and, 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 and I have are. a strong desire to just be outside of the box and just create new things and do, and, and, and to be different, to be out there, to, to create, I one when actually there are four things I know that God's called me to do in life. One and and I'll I'll save the one that I always say first for last. But the I I've been called to educate others. I, I have a gift of teaching, a gift of encouragement, and and also I've been called to inspire others. Yeah. All right. But what the very first thing, and it's it is so much. And and I'll tell you what I it is one of the core purposes of what I do with GSPN. And I have a calling in life to entertain people. Yeah. And, and I think entertainment is a form of an outlet for creativity. You know, not, I'm not a comedian, but I, but I, I, I create content that's engaging, yes. that's interesting, that pulls people in. I, I tell story, you know, and, and, and I believe that that is, you know, it's creatively, I creatively share my life online. Yeah, of course. That's it. And so I do it through podcasting, through social media, through telling stories and being who I am. You do it through taking photos and and, uh, you know, sharing your photography. You do it through uh, your conversations with people, your love, your, your the the love that you express to people uh, with random acts of kindness and all this other stuff. I mean, I I don't know that it's lost. Um, one of the things I will say, DG, that I heard you say, and, and, and I remember you saying this the first time and I may or may not have brought it up last time we had cool, a cool, similar cool. conversation, Yeah, but it, it, it's funny to me because you said, you know, you go into a church today and we don't have the paintings on the wall. We don't have the, this, we don't have that. And, 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 and perhaps that's a lost art, you know, of the church. Right. But at the same time, I, I'm sitting here thinking I'm, re- I'm, I'm reminded of the conversations that you had. You know, I, it's like, I just don't like these big mega churches and I don't like this, you know, the fact that money's being poured into these facilities. Sure. So, so where do you, where's the balance for you between the church just spending all this money on beautifying facilities and, 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 but at the same time expressing God's glory through the appreciation for the gifts of art that he's given us. And, 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 and specifically, and I'll, I just want to stretch this out to worship. I'll be honest with you. I desire, I, I, I went down to, um, there are two places that I've actually three places I've gone where worship, um, has been, very creative and very artistic. Um, one was at Northland, my best friend's church down in uh, Florida. He, he okay. goes to church there. Their services are, whoa. Uh, I mean, they're all inspiring. It's, it's, yeah. they're like better than a concert that any concert I've ever been to. Sure. Every service is like that. Um, Southland. It's funny. It's like North, it's Northland's down South. Southland, <laughs> Southland which is Lexington. S- yeah. Southland is in Lexington. They have a, they do a pretty decent job as well of having a great, of, of, of creating a worship environment mm-hmm. that is very creative sure, yeah. and, and, and appealing and has, is more of an experience as well. Right, sure. And then, uh, you know, I go down to the people's church, uh, down in, um, Nashville when I visit with some friends down there and they, and they go way out as well. Um, but the thing is, is those people all have multi, multi, and I say multi several times million <laughs> dollar campuses. Sure. Yeah. 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 
Okay, can I can I yeah. comment? Okay, all right. So a lot of the stuff that I was talking about was was ancient buildings and things mm-hmm. like that. Um, and and I don't think that you necessarily have to build a building uh, just to be able to show off the art. I, I think if anything, what I really 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 love are these people that actually go and and buy run down church buildings or just even run down buildings and beautify them with art on the wall or a mural or something else like that. I remember driving downtown Dayton. There's a church that where the stained glass windows would be. They've actually painted like what looks like stained glass windows. Okay. <laughs> Which is really interesting. That's art imitating art, <laughs> but, but functional art with glass and stained glass and stuff like that. And stained glass, of course, is super expensive. Right. In the midst of that as well. I don't think that you have to do those things. I don't think that those are requirements, but most of the big, most of the big six flags over Jesus churches, these mega churches that are out there, I don't see them putting an emphasis on art. Right. I see them building something that's, you know, it looks no different than a Cineplex yeah. somewhere uh, or even an auditorium. And even if you build an auditorium today, even in the, in, in the world that we live in, it increases the price of that place, you know, leaps and bounds because you're, you know, because of doing this art, you know, some kind of architecture that would include art in the midst of it, whether it be gargoyles or, you know, some type of carvings or, uh, or something else like that. So I don't necessarily think that that has to be there. Um, I'm, I'm more interested in like, for example, um, I think it's Doug Pageant's church, uh, up in Minneapolis and they had, they actually painted a mural on on one of the walls when you walk into the building and it's not, it wasn't like a typical church building that I know of. I have never been there. I'm not positive about this. Uh, it's called Solomon's porch, but, uh, but I'm pretty sure the people that I've talked to, they said, man, there's just this amazing mural <laughs> that's up there that they got the people in the church to be able to do. They didn't just hire somebody to do it, but the people of the church were getting to be able to express, you know, uh, who they were through their faith and through their art so I'm, I'm not necessarily, I think it's just as powerful to be able to encourage the members of the church to do oil paintings and photography and stuff yeah. like that and hang that on the walls of the church and, or, or you know, or, or, or encourage the church to actually create an art show and ask an art gallery to actually show their art that actually might include their faith in their art and then be able to show that at a show. So I'm just, I'm just saying in general, I don't know if we have encouraged creativity in the members of the church. I, th- I think I, you know, my, my feeling is we just, and, and, and I'll even stretch it out and you tell me if I, if you think this is on the same vibe, cause I think it is, I think it's along the same lines of what you're talking about, but I, I just don't think we're, the church is good at encouraging people to exercise their gifts and talents period. Oh, yeah, I, can, I agree with that. Uh, I concur. You know, my problem is, you know what? You come to church. Uh, well, goodness gracious, we've got a lot to work here. And currently only 10% of the people in this place do anything. So anybody that we can get to help out in the child care room, I don't care if you don't like kids. I don't care if you hate kids. Come and please help out because we sure could use your help right now. Right. You know, and oh, by the way, we need this and we need this and we've got this ministry. You know, come and do this, this, this and this. Right. And by the way, if you happen to come to a small group, then we would love it if you, everybody in your small group would please come to this one ministry because this one ministry is the one place that we've promised that we would help. But, you know, we need to get the number of people there to help us so they can do the things that they're called to do. And it's like, you know, without any regard of what somebody's spiritual gifts is, without even talking to people about spiritual gifts, mm-hmm. this concerns me. Yeah. You know, a, a chur- it's it's like, you know, I, I know what my spiritual gifts are. Some of them actually, actually fit within some of the ministries of the church. You know, gifts, you know, gifts of teaching. You know, I've led small group Bible studies, but recently I just, I had, I chose that I I had to step down because right, there is right. no way that I could expect that church, uh, my church, to say, you know what, your group is the only group that doesn't have to do these five other requirements. Right. And I didn't. Ha- I I was asked to being as a leader using my gifts to teach a small group and and to actually shepherd and encourage a small church within my home. Exactly. Yeah. That's something I'm called to and I'm gifted at, but I had to resign from that position 
because along with that came expectations and obligations that were outside of my area of giftedness that kept me away from other areas that God was calling me to. Right. And, and it might have been stifling your creativity. It, You're dreaming it, with God about what you could do your, without, to your potential. Without it, it, it not might have been, DG, it, it was. was. Yeah, exactly. it, it smothered my creativity right. and actually caused me to become a bitter Christian. Right, right. Serving and being bitter while doing it. Right, and that's not good for anybody. It's not good for anybody. And I've yeah. and and since then, I I mean, I I hope I don't sound bitter now. I'm I'm not bitter. I, I'm just concerned for the church. Sure, I sure. I am honestly concerned for the church. I would. Why are we not? You know, why are we not talking to our congregation about spiritual gifts? And in, and, and here, and sometimes I think it's this fear that man, if we encourage people to say no to some things so that they can say yes to the thing. So to say no to really good things so that you can say yes to, to the things God's calling you to use your gifts and talents for. They're afraid that you're going to say no to the things that they have for you to do. And yes to the things that God has for you to do. Are you thinking that they're thinking that? Uh, I, I don't know if they're doing it on purpose. That's my that's my issue. I will not say they as an overall, but I will tell you when I resigned from my position, I was told that I was wrong for thinking the way that I think about it, that, 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 well, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I won't go into too many details, but yeah, I think, I think that that mentality is there. Oh, the mentality is there. Definitely. I just don't know if, if they know they're oh, doing no, 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 it. No, 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 okay. You're right. You know I don't, I, I don't think, think it's, it's intentional. I think it's, it's I think it's, it's just happening. Exactly. And I think that they're saying that you're right. I think they're saying I that don't want to base off of, um, I think they're saying it based off of what they believe is right. Mm-hmm. But I oh, think, yeah. do, but I think they're actually doing it out of ignorance. I think so. Yeah, I think so. And and, and it's frustrating. It's very very frustrating. It is. And and please understand me. Anybody listening to this, especially if you know where I go to church and know the people I go to church with, please sure. understand. I am not. I am not condemning my church. I mean, this is I, I, my entire life in the church, and huh. I've been to a lot of different churches. It it just ends up being the same every single freaking time, <laughs> and I'm ticked about it. <laughs> It is frustrating. It is. It is. Frustrating. It's like I want to. I. I. You know. It, it's like I. I can't. I. It's the the time I actually went to. Not the church I'm at now, but when I went to the church before, and and it's like you know. Hey, you know. I. I'm. I would love to create a podcast for our church. I think it would be really cool if I was able to take the sermon and just make that available to people who weren't able to make it on the weekend. And I was yeah. told. No, I th- I think that's a bad idea. We have plans to do that one day, but we want to make sure that when we do it, we do it with excellence and we'll so we'll probably hire that out to somebody. Yeah, thank you, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I've just done this for the last well, at that point I had been doing it for a year and a half. Right, yeah. With yeah. with with a mild bit of success and and stuff like that yeah. with with the desire to do this full time one day. Sure. And then when I actually started saying, you know, I feel called to do this even more, I actually had people say that I was a that was like I was a heathen, yeah. that I was a sinner for 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 spending more time with podcasting <laughs> than sure. I was in meetings about, you know, church stuff. Yeah, and I think that that's a typical kind of way the church has dealt with the world we live in today because I hear over and over again and it's it's slowly changing, but I hang out with the weird people on the edge. I don't hang out with the hardcore corner dwellers. But uh, it's a very common thing to hear. I'm, and this is this is the quote, okay, from a pastor or a youth pastor or children's pastor, whatever else. I'm so frustrated because I do all this work. I try to get people to come to the church, and they're not coming because of the kids' soccer games, or because of football, or because of band, or because of work, or because of you know society for creative and accurate, you know whatever else it is. I mean, it's just like there is always something that's that's eating into people's church time. Church time. You know what I'm saying? And they're like, and they cannot see that maybe church time could be found within those other areas. Uh-huh. And and the church forgets, and they think that we have to separate our lives out. We have to separate uh, secular versus sacred kind of mentalities. And I think what the emerging missional, whatever church you want to throw it out there, I think we're basically saying to a lot of people, hey, why can't you actually worship God at a at a soccer game of your of your you know of your kids soccer game intentionally develop relationships with people on the bench and then intentionally develop a community around those people and you can love on them and they can you can share with them the gospel and share with them who Christ is and I mean it is it is a it is a it is a, a great shift of saying 
if I am a Christian, my whole life is this. It's not just a separated time out for worship and a separated time. Although that is a good and healthy thing to separate time out for that. Absolutely. But I think a lot of churches got so used to people like the blue laws saying nothing happens school wise or even extracurricular wise on Sunday evenings or Wednesday evenings. Yeah. And so the church is saying, okay, that's our time. We took that one. But oh, now the the world is not horrible. living into that. Yeah. And they're going, well, how come no one's showing up for Wednesday nights? Or how come no one is coming to youth group? And and they're like, I'm sick and tired of having to compete with all those things because I'm working on. And I'm sitting there going, you need to change the way you do ministry. You need to change the way that you encourage Christians to live out their Christianity. Yes. And it's very, that, it's, you know, it's, for me, and I'll be honest with you, is like at my church, I, I, I have mentioned this before. And, and folks, I apologize if I sound like a broken record. But, you know, at my church, the worship that, that, we, that we have, and I know that people are upset that I use worship. I know. I but, put it in there. I was, uh, I just love hearing you like, say it. It's like, it's just a Kentucky thing. Man. I, it's it's like, awesome. I don't, is it worship? I, I, think worship. I, I have no idea. It's worship. I'm going to pause this recording. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> it's just because you put an emphasis on the war. All right. Worship. 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 All right. So I, I, I have a hard time. Worship at church. <laughs> it's a, okay. Okay. I it's a, it sounds like you're saying war, like I'm going to go into battle. Yeah. And most people pronounce it worship. Worship. Like I would. I, like I, I were, we, we were going to do that. Worship as worship. opposed to worship. Oh, well. Anyway, it's funny. I just yeah, love it. I love, I love it. it too. Anyway, so so the thing is, is I have a hard time matching the pitch of anybody who sings at our church. It just ain't happening. I could play you some audio and, and just share with if you. If they would just like, know what pitch to be on, you'd be fine. I, well, the thing is, is that <laughs> they I should join you. That's what I'm saying. Is right. like, they got to match your pitch. Is it, what it pro- <laughs> the, prob- the problem is, though, is that I felt very consumeristic and I used to feel really guilty about the fact that, you know, man, th- why do I have such a hard time? you know, getting into this, you know, I, I, I've been to other places and, and it's like, man, I, I have these experiences and I don't have that here. And now I feel very guilty for wanting to have an experience. Why can't I just come here and this be about God and not about me and, and all of this other stuff. And I used to really struggle with that. And then I came to understand, it's like, you know what? I do, I do experience worship when I, I listen to God's word. There are times when the, the, the the during the the sermon that I get a lot out of that, but I never get anything out of the singing. The singing, you know, sometimes just it 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 it's like for women when nails go across the uh, a thing. <laughs> that's what that kind of music actually makes right, well, me it's feel not like. Just inside. for women, it's for men and women. Some yeah. people just cannot stand fingernails on chalkboards. Well, that and that's how I feel during some of the songs in a majority of the songs. And, and it's it's nothing that these. I mean, that some people in our church really love that and they right, really sure. get into. It. Of course, I don't. But you know what I've realized is that instead of feeling guilty about that, I worship God with with my gifts and my talents and I bring a sacrifice of praise in the things that I do. And I believe that I worship all day long on right. Thursday. You bow boy. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. That it's like I do. I come alive behind the microphone and, and I'm sharing what God's called me. I'm, I'm entertaining. I'm, I'm helping to encourage. I'm in and inspire. I'm teaching. You're developing community. I'm developing community. I am. I'm in, I am. In, I'm doing the things God's called me to do with my life and I'm enjoying it. And I'm and I'm praising God for all the blessings that he's given me. And this for me is my act of worship. Right. You know, yeah. and 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 so, Yeah. You know, and it just the thing is, though, um, there are I will say that my pastor, my, my pastor, his name's Chad Cadell. He gets it. And he dude, he he says he says, dude, he told me once he says, when you're behind the microphone, that's what God called you to do. Yeah, exactly. he says, I see it. You get behind you. As soon as you hit that record button, it's like, dude, you're in your sweet spot. You're in the zone. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, I am. That's who I am. It's, it's what God wants me to be. And the thing is, it's like, but how does the church, how can the church take everybody and help them find their, mm-hmm. their, their niche, their, their thing. Right. You know, help, so, help them to listen and to dream with God. And that's the thing. Yeah. I, that's the, that's my big phrase lately is I, I think that we've forgotten how to dream with God. I think we just forgot how to dream. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people dream for God, but I don't know if they necessarily dream with God. Yeah. And I don't know if we spend, maybe in our church, maybe in the church needs to teach people how to hear God, like patiently over two years, hear God, you know, kind of, yeah. it's not easy. It's not, you know, and sometimes it's not fun to hear what God might be able to say, but, uh, but to live into that. And to have a supportive community around you to encourage you to do that. Right. That's rare, but we desire to be that. 
GSPN yeah. desires to be there. I desire to be there. I mean, that's, that is my desire is to be able to support and encourage people to start dreaming with God again. Yeah. Uh, I, and for, to live into the sacrifices that, are, that just come with the dreaming. I mean, that's I, just, it just, it's a part of it. Welcome to Christianity. You got to live into the sacrifice. It was, it was so cool. Cause you know, in my life I was sitting there as I was an insurance agent really had no, I mean, I kind of sensed that there were some things that I was able to do with my career that I felt like was according to the things God called me to do. I was going to be able to encourage people. I was able to teach people about, you know, things to protect them and to help them and stuff like that. And, and I was able to inspire some people to think differently about finances and stuff like that. And then, but, but still just very unfulfilling life. And I, and it's like, I really start to feel this passion for insurance or for podcasting and over the course of, and it really did. It took about two years for God to clearly communicate to me, Right. You know what this means. It's like, dude, you need to ba- you need a little bit more balance in your life. You need this thing called margin. I ex- I desire for you to have recreation and I desire for you to have more peace and less anxiety in your life. Trust in me, you know. And a balanced like, life. Yeah. You could just say like practicing a balanced life. Exactly. And that <laughs> and over time God says, you know, this is what I'm calling you to. Yeah. This is what I'm calling you to. This is what I'm calling you to. And it's like I was like, <laughs> okay, God, but I don't get it. How do how do I live it? It's like, well, yeah. you you live according to the passions and the talents and the gifts that I've given you. Trust me. Follow your passion. And, 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 and you know, this the whole thing. Follow your passion and the money will follow. I really believe that that's a, almost a biblical thing. It's like, listen, seek first the things that I'm calling you to do with your life. Seek first what I'm calling you to do. And all these things will be added unto you. Mm. You know? Have you read... Uh Practicing the Presence of God by yeah. Brother Lawrence. Yeah, it bored the heck out of me after chapter two. Really? Yeah, chapters three, four, five, and six are just basically chapter one over and over again. Uh, but <laughs> maybe that but was it, on purpose to get it to get it to sink in. But but here's the thing: before I had ever read, finally read the book, I had heard all about it, and that's exactly it. I believe we ought to be living our lives for God and when, and and with God. And when I when I hear practicing a balanced life every, over and over again, I, I keep on hearing Brother Lawrence practicing the presence of God. Yep. I really do hear that over and over again. And that's and that actually gives me encouragement. Maybe we should pause, switch to practicing balanced life podcast. Pursuing. <laughs> I'm pursuing a balanced life podcast, but but I just think that that, that is uh, you know, the spiritual aspect of living your life and making it balanced and and really Ultimately, as a Christian, I believe the only way it's really kind of truly be balanced is with Christ. Yeah, uh, in the midst of it, then man, it's just it's such a it's such an it's such a powerful statement to me that, and I'm seeing people that I never would have ever seen, uh, you know, on their tweets and everything else like that, Put doing pound, the pursuing, yeah, pound p a b l, yeah, and it's just it's beautiful to see. It, how how they're attempting to be able to do that. Now, a lot of people just are, are, are still thinking, oh, I just got to get fit through this. And this is right. the way I'm going to get fit. Yep. But, and that's uh, fine for them. Uh, you, sure. And that, but I think that's a great starting point. It's a great. That's how it started out for exactly, me. Exactly. Exactly. That is exactly how I thought I just needed to lose some weight. I need to. And for me, I need to be able to take less time working and more time working out. And right. and and that's how I'm going to pursue a balanced life. And then slowly God showed me. And it's like, you know what? Pursuing a balanced life is actually going to bed and getting some sleep. You know, pursuing yeah. a balanced life is is actually walking outside and with no other intentions other than just <gasps> breathe in yeah, and breathe enjoy, out. Enjoy life. Just relax. Be in the moment. Be in the moment. Yeah. Don't, don't, no anxiety. Exactly. Yeah. And so I'm, anyway. I, I, I'm hoping that, that people's initial n- number one is like, what the heck is this PABL <laughs> thing everybody's doing? And then, and then all of a sudden it's like kind of seeing other people do it. And it's like, oh, well, I'm going to do that. That makes a lot of sense. Right. And then and then slowly, you know, just in their search for balance in life that they realize that there's more than just work. There's more than just family. There's just more than just God time on Sunday. Right. You know, yeah, there's yeah, more yeah. than just work, you know, all yeah. this eating. Right. There's there's so much more to life. And and you know what? It's, it, it there's there, and, and is there a design yeah. for our life? So uh, so put some art in your churches. Yeah. Be creative. Actually, just dream with God and be creative and say, God, what's something really creative I can do for you yes. and, or do with you? I say we knock down all of our churches and, and start building them with marble. <laughs> Whoa. I'm just kidding. <laughs> pink, <laughs> pink marble. Hey, should we turn to some voicemails before yes. we run out of time? That's exactly what I was about to ask you. If you could just go straight to all right. voicemail. Let's go to Brent. Hi, it's Brent Green calling in for the About the Church podcast. Hey, got a couple of reasons why I'm calling. One is I would love to hear what you guys say your callings are. 
we, as a life and career coach, we talk about calling a lot. And I just had a fantastic conversation that we, we turned into an interview on our podcast at leadershipequipnetwork.com. And it was about calling. So we'd love, uh, you know, we'd love for you guys to listen to that. And then I would love to hear your your feedback on what you feel your calling is. Now, Cliff, I've heard some of yours. DG, I haven't. I see your Facebook page where you got a geek hat on. Hey, maybe you're called to be a geek. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, would love to love to hear some input from you, from you guys. Thanks very much, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Well, thanks so much, man. That was a was a a great voicemail, uh, and it's it's uh, it was a nice plug too. That was a good plug. Oh yeah, no, I, I tell people to do that. <laughs> yeah, by the no, way. no, that's great. Leadership uh, Equip Network right. com. dot com. Um, you know, calling is a, calling is a is a calling is a really interesting topic, and I'm really glad that you kind of brought it up because, uh, you know, I have a general calling. Okay, and I also realize that. Uh, sometimes in life that calling uh, evolves. Yeah. That it, it, it can change and kind of morph. I still have a general calling in general, uh, but then there's another, there's a, there's all kinds of beautiful aspects to that calling that yeah. I think, that I think uh, can be lived out and, and change over time and, and uh, or be added to or take away some and, and things like that. So I, I want, I don't want to gloss over that one because you said it real fast and you kind of included it with everything else, but sometimes take away. Yeah, sure, sure. You know, uh, I, I I honestly believe that. You know, and 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 you know, it, it has a lot to do. I think you can mix in with calling you this purpose. You know, your purpose in life and stuff like that. And I I believe that God has has pre pre set out things for us to to do and to accomplish for Him, and and He's given us these gifts and abilities. And one of the things I know for certain right now, I know that it is clear without. I don't have any doubt. I don't. I don't care what other people think. But without a doubt, right now, God has called me to share my life through pod, through the medium of podcasting. But the thing is, is I'm not I'm not even going to tell you at all that in 15 years from now that I will be behind a microphone podcasting. I, I now I will tell you this. I can't see myself doing anything other than that. Right. Sure. All right. Sure. Honestly, I have no intentions of ever stopping. But I'm not, but here's the thing that I do know is that 10 years ago. I will tell you that I very much felt that God was calling me to sell insurance, you know? And, and so I, I believe, do I believe that because now I, I would consider a career in insurance, a soul sucking dead end job. Absolutely. I would consider it that for me, for me. Exactly. But 10 years ago, I didn't think of it that way. And do I consider the 11 years that I spent as an insurance agent uh, (laughs) a waste of time or that it was, that it kept me away from the things that God called me to do? Absolutely not. I will tell you this, though, that the last two years that I spent as an insurance agent totally, totally was keeping me away from what God was calling me to do. Mm -hmm. But it took me a two year period of time for me to to discern that that God was telling me, Cliff, it's time to do something different. (laughs) You know, I've had you here for these 10 years. You've you've learned and you've had the experiences over these 10 years that now I. I think are the going to be great foundations for the things that I'm going to call you to do that are completely different. And so outside of the box of box of traditional employment right now, I want you to, I want you to enter into a journey of, you know, it's, it's kind of like, you know, there's 40 years in the desert. There's then there's the 40 years of this and there's, you know, it's like, you know, Mo, it's like, okay, Moses is in Egypt. He's in a place of power. And he's like, listen, I am going to have you save all the people of of Israel from sla- from a life of slavery. And he's like, great. And I happen to be in a perfect place right now to do just that. He goes, <laughs> nope. First, I want you to head out to the desert. You know, uh, it's like, it, it, so so God has this purpose. He has this calling. He has plans. Sure. But but it but sometimes the day to day stuff changes. Yeah, exactly. Is and, that what and, you're saying? Yeah, of course. I mean, well, maybe not. In a, I think it's a seasons understanding, and maybe okay. not just a day to day thing. Well, yeah, that's what um, I mean. Seasons. Yeah. I know. I, I knew not that's what you're saying. I'm, I'm just like, clarifying. Today, I'm no longer called to podcast, <laughs> but I might be back in three weeks. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, no. so going back to your original question, you were asking really, you were really wondering about what my calling is. Yeah. What is and, your calling? Uh, and, and I had a very clear calling. Um, I had a very, I had a very clear calling to be, uh, some form of, of leader 
and and uh, for well, I like a better term, pastor. Uh, and I had a very specific aspect of that calling was to the United Methodist Church. So, uh, and, and <laughs> does that change? No, that's the general one that I that I have never sensed a, a changing in that. So even today, with where you are right now, you still believe. God's calling on your life to be a leader slash pastor in the United Methodist Church. I do. Yes. Okay. Um, and I keep on telling everybody that it's the, the Methodist Church is going to have to kick me out. <laughs> I'm not going to say, but over time, over time, just as long as I'm, li- when I'm living into my passions for the kingdom, I'm finding that I'm bringing about a challenge to the entire denomination. If that makes sense. And, um, and so it's almost like, uh, I, I hate, I, I don't hate it. I, I just, I am scared of the term prophet, <laughs> but, but I am passionately called to live out what I believe the kingdom should be right in my own life and in this world. And it looks different than the existing United Methodist church. Okay. than the traditional existing United Methodist church. And, and I think that's part of the times. I think that's where we live and what, what time we're in right now and, you know, just what the world is going through. I also think that God is, is desiring for the United Methodist Church to stop being ineffective. And when I say ineffective is developing disciples um, as an ineffective. I think they are. I think we are not. They we are developing disciples. It's, of course, we are. Um but I just think that it could be done much more effective. And I see denominations in general uh, just dying off. I mean, just a lack of participation, a lack of involvement, uh, you know, now there are some areas that are growing, but uh, I don't necessarily see it really, really happening. I also think that the Methodist church is counting differently and counting wrongly. What do you Um, mean counting? uh, Just what they determine is success. Oh, so this is the what this is what we count that determines success, and I think their definition of success is no longer valid. Uh, well, as valid, I think there is. I think there is validity in the number of people who come to worship, and I think there is validity validity and uh, how much money is being given by people. But I don't think if we put everything in those two baskets, if it really is a a a uh, a measurement of discipleship of people in the church. I think those are two side aspects to it, but, um, but I think there's so much more to discipleship than coming to a worship service and, or giving of your money. Yeah. And so I think that, uh, this new stuff that's emerging, which is what they call emerging, this new missional mentality that's welling up within the church in, in all generations. It's not just the younger generation, although the younger generation has a lot, I think a lot more number wise, that there is something going on that's saying this is not cool anymore. And, um, and, and we're, we're going to live into it and, and we're just, we just keep on butting up against this existing structure, (laughs) this existing polity of the United Methodist church. So anyway, but I think my, my general calling is to be a leader and a pastor. Um, and I'm not, I'm not necessarily a good pastor. You know, I'm doing finger quotes there for anyone who can't see that. Uh, you know, it's, it's more, it, it, you know, there's all different kinds of leaders within the church and I just not really great at, at counseling and, and those kinds of things. I'm just do not feel, you know, equipped to be able to do those things. I do feel very passionate about being casting vision and, uh, directing people where their gifts are and to live into that vision and, and to seeing a big picture understanding. Hmm. And it's very, very frustrating for me when I'm not allowed to be a part of the big vision planning or the big vision looking, uh, because I'm so, you know, cause I am kind of, I'm leading from below in a lot of cases cause I'm young and, you know, and things like that. Um, but I think that that's my general calling is still to the United Methodist church. I'd basically just tell people, Hey, I, we're either going to cause a reformation or we're going to be the remnant after it dies. And I'm wow. saying over the course of my entire life. I mean, I'm I'm not the Methodist Church is not going to die. Probably won't even die in my lifetime. But if they continue to be and do what they're doing, uh, or what we're doing, I think that it's 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 not going in the correct direction to follow what God is calling it to be and to do. 
I want to anyway. I want to share something that's on my heart that that I hope that I don't offend you. Me uh, or yeah, everyone else? You. Oh, okay. I don't think you're gonna I, offend me. I, I'm gonna say, and I'm just gonna toss it out there because I and and I don't know if it has anything to do with my unique experience of all the different places I've been and and all the different denominations. I've I've been a part of in through my Christian faith and in and through my life even before I was what I consider to be a born again Christian. Sure. Um I have a hard time believing that God really pays a whole lot of attention to specific denominations. Like the I I I I'm 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 not saying that I'm I'm just saying it's like man does does God call somebody to to be a part of that segment of the faith or to be just a part of the church and and sometimes I, I it's like because I as you know the the Catholic Church says you know you're not married unless you get in you get married inside the you know Roman Catholic Church it's sure it's like and you've got this over here you can't take you can't partake of the you you can't come and partake of communion unless you've been baptized by our denomination right, right, right. and 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 it's like all it's all of a sudden it's like you know what am I a believer in Christ or not what is the requirements for me to be a believer oh so I actually have to be baptized dunked completely <laughs> in you in in a right. b- baptism and a baptistry that was actually from this denomination otherwise sure. if i was baptized immersed in water in the name of the father son and the holy spirit doing exactly what you guys do but it was under the nazarene name therefore i cannot participate sure. i sure. don't know that god really cares a whole lot about that no i don't think so i don't think necessarily and that's and that's the thing is when you hear me say church you need to hear me say people well, I no, I hear you say the United Methodist Church, which is right. different than the Nazarene people over here. Right, sure, sure. But but why can't God be able to send a, a, an individual to love on a group of people that claim this? Okay, but they're that still part of God's people. I get that, and and that's what I keep on trying to tell everybody is. I just and, wonder how I feel about denominations. I I I'm I've, I, I'm really sure. struggling with that. Well, don't get me wrong. Uh, there is no denomination that believes exactly what I believe. <laughs> Right, okay. you know what I'm saying. Okay, so that that helps me understand sure, a little course. bit more. And, and I, I think anyway, I feel very strong so far. I've 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 heard you speak so definitively about the United Methodist Church. Right, sure, because I am United Methodist pastor. What do you expect? Right, no, it, <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. But uh, but I think that I think people, and I think anyone in their right mind would agree. I, there is no church out there that believes exactly what I believe. And if they do, it's going to be really, really small. It's going to be the church of DG. Exactly. Yeah. And so, but I think that, that, um, you know, even, even, uh, <laughs> even the Israelites yes. had 12 tribes. <laughs> right. And, and, and I'm sure I guarantee you there would, there would be no need for a Talmud and there would be no need for judges if there weren't disagreements on how things should be done and what what things should happen and how they should happen and things like that. So I think just being human, there's going to be disagreements on how we live out our faith. But then there were the Jews and then all of a sudden the Jews felt like, well, you know, we're the first United uh, Jew church of, (laughs) of Galilee. And and so they thought, you know, and we've got everything together and they're like, listen, you, you know, I'm sorry, you cannot claim to be a follower of Jesus Christ unless you go cut your little foreskin on your penis. Right, right, right. You know, and 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 this was a huge deal in the book of Acts. And and it's like, sure. you know, there was a huge split between the apostles. Like, listen, you 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 say it's okay here, but all of a sudden you get some of your 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 quote unquote United Church of the Jews over <laughs> here together and it's like all of a sudden now you're a different person. It's like no, no, no there is no Jew, there is no Gentile, there is no Nazarene, there is no United Methodist, there is no Catholic, you male guys, nor female. You're not male nor you Slave guys nor are. Free. You guys are children of God. This is the church, and this is American Idol. <laughs> I was going to do something like that if you didn't do it. <laughs> I know. I was like, "Where's the button for the thunderbolt lightning sound?" <laughs> <laughs> this is the. Tr-
Uh, that sounded more like a nuclear bomb going That's it. <laughs> instead of a thunder. But no, I I, I, I don't disagree with you, Clifford. I think your issue is is with denominations. I mean, that's what you're really arguing about. That's the, that's I the, am. It, that's it's, the it's frustration just, that you're having. I, I think that there's me. nothing you're going to be able to do about it. No, and I, I don't desire to do anything and, about it. And I it. think that ultimately when Christ comes back, he's going to do that healing and be able to provide them all, you know, to say, right. hey, we're all part of one big family. Get over it. But and it is sad. It's really, really sad. I mean, I had people... I had some lots of ignorance, even in high school level, when we had family when we had family of Christian athletes, fellowship of Christian Ath- <laughs> fellowship of Christian athletes. I had a guy who was Roman Catholic that came up to me and said, "Oh, I can't go to that." And I said, "Why? You're a Christian." He goes, "No, I'm Catholic." And I was like, "Dude, oh you're a Christian. Do you, do you believe in Jesus? Yeah. Then come to the fellowship of Christian athletes." And it was just you know it was that level of ignorance. I I do think that there are. You know, and and I and I agree with you, Cliff. I think that a lot of that stuff is is, is pretty petty stuff. I, I agree, um, and and I think that ultimately, uh, the questions that we're trying to answer, even though I think they're meant to be mysterious and not necessarily have an answer, mm-hmm. predestination, yeah, uh, you know, uh, exactly what happens at baptism, exactly what happens in communion. I'll tell you right now, you know. My upbringing says that I should not be in harmony and in good open fellowship with a Calvinist. Right, exactly. Sure, that, that's my upbringing. Sure, you know, or, but I have I have friends who are in this chat room who are hardcore Calvinists. Yeah, of course. And you know do. what? I love them and I care for them just as much as I do anybody else. And do you want exactly. to know something? I never in a million years want to have a discussion about predestination with them. I don't <laughs> care. Well, I think it's I think it's okay to care. I, no, I think it's I, fun I to talk about. I it think it's stuff. okay to care, and I think it's okay sure. to talk about, it, and I think it's okay yeah, to yeah, have yeah. opinions and disagree. But personally, I don't care. Yeah, yeah. You know, is it a, is that an essential piece of Christian doctrine that determines whether one you know is, is saved or not saved? You know, and, and, right. and in my mind, that is not. And so, therefore, you can call yourself a Calvinist. I'm not going to call myself an anti-Calvinist. Sure. No, you know, yeah. it's and it's the same. And I see the same thing. It's like we went to the uh, the Answers in Genesis Museum right. the other day. Right. And and this one guy comes up and I mean, he, he just and he what he didn't work at the museum. This was just a very zealous mm-hmm. Christian mm-hmm. who happens to be a young earth creationist. Now, here's the thing. I believe in a young earth. I believe that this earth is approximately 10,000 years old. I know you think I'm crazy for thinking that. I don't That's, think you're crazy. I, I just think you're wrong. I, it, well, okay. <laughs> I think I'm right. You know what? The thing is, is I believe in a young earth. Sure. This guy was determined to convince me to no end that this was a young earth. I'm like, dude, you didn't even ask. You're preaching to the choir. You, dude, you're, yeah. It's like you just assume that I'm not and that you need to convince me. Of something. It's like, and I don't care. God created the earth in 10 billion, you know, seven or six days or six million days. It doesn't matter to me. Right. And although I think that they think, well, it should matter because if you, if the book of Genesis isn't right, then how can you trust anything that the Bible says? And, exactly, and it's, like, yeah. I it's like, oh my gosh, I just want to love God and love you. Is that so bad? <laughs> Is that so wrong? God, love God first and then love your neighbor as yourself. Follow these two commandments. It sums up the entire law. You're all good. Yeah, yeah. And so, so okay, going back to and the original question. And be baptized in the right baptistry. I forgot that one. That Jesus said that, right? <laughs> so, so going Whatever. back to the original question, why can't God call you to a specific people to right. love them no, and I, to care I for them it. and to and to lead and them? Why is That's God all. calling me to be podcasting instead of being on the radio? Right, exactly. I mean, you know, I happen to be in a position where right now I feel like this is the place I'm called. Sure. Yeah. And and you see some things, and maybe you, maybe DG Hollums will be the man who rises to the top of the United Methodist Church and says we must disband and become all one church. <laughs> okay, yeah, okay, all right. You know, maybe that's it. So, so anyway, that that's <laughs> a, a little bit of a <laughs> on my part. That's a little bit of my calling that I feel very called to and led to be. That's cool uh, for for the kingdom for the for the kingdom. I'm talking to, the entire kingdom. Even. I didn't mean to question your calling because because oh, no, here's no, no, the no, thing. No, I don't think you question. If you take out the United Methodist Church part of what you said, and you take out the pastor, the title pastor sure. out of what you said, man, I could see you in so many roles. There, matter of fact, there is one guy I know that actually has that exact same calling that you have. Mm-hmm. Minus the pastor title mm-hmm. and minus the United Methodist Church, and his name's Dan Miller. Right, right, right. I mean, I can't remember the exact words that you used, 
but his Dan Miller has devoted his life to helping people understand who what their unique gifts and talents are to encourage them and to lead them to understand how they can use those gifts palette and passions to make a difference in the world sure. that's almost exactly what you just said yeah sure of course minus the fact that but the thing is and, and you feel that God's calling you to do that specifically in the United Methodist Church right and, which, and, is, which and, is cool and it's and it's not easy I mean this is uh, over and over again. Like for example, um, you know the the funding for the for the church plant that I'm that I've been doing for the experiment that I've been doing for the past five years is ending in June, and um, you know when I'm open and honest with everyone, that's very very frustrating, because I really felt like we were on to something and we didn't have enough time to make enough mistakes to get it to get it to where I think it would be uh, reproducible and and become a movement that we in, intentionally envisioned for it to be, and. Um, and it's just, and it's very, very frustrating, but I think that's just, I think that's part of it. I think that, you know, if, if God, like for example, in the old Testament, he sent all these prophets over and over again to saying, you need to turn from your ways. You need to do things better. You need to do things for God and not for yourselves. You need to wake up and over and over again, they were either killed or they were ridiculed or they were exiled. And, and, and yet they're the ones that the new Testament is quoting <laughs> Over and over again, like, you know, quoting Isaiah and quoting Joel and quoting, you know, and Christ is quoting all of these people saying these people had, you know, tried to send the, this understanding of a warning, this understanding of, uh, of, a, of a truth in, the, in their lives. And it just wasn't getting hurt. So and maybe maybe that just means that's what I'm going to be doing for the rest of my life. And I'm OK with that as long as I can have a group of community that surrounds me to be able to say, hey, no matter what happens, if right. they chop off your head again, we're going to help sew it back on. Right. <laughs> And, uh, and let's move on because this is not the end. This is not where we're going to stop. We're going to continue to live this way for Christ and, uh, and to be able to bring about some form of healing and, uh, and effectiveness when it comes to being a Christian. So what my, my calling in life and, and you know what I, 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 I even, you know, just in the same way that I would question, you know, specifics of United Methodist church, I would even question whether or not God's called me to quote unquote, podcasting with my life. I, I believe that right now I'm doing, I'm, I'm making the most effective use of my calling with the tools and methods that are made available to me today. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I, 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 I do know this, my calling by God is to live a life where I entertain people. I educate people. I encourage people and I inspire people awesome. to, to do, my, my calling in life. I know for a fact, and, and I believe I believe this is something that's going to be from now to the day I die. I'm going to I'm going to be called to continue to entertain, to teach, to encourage, and to inspire. Yeah. No matter what circumstances, in and and whether I'm out walking, whether and and I could do that with a smile. I could do that by falling on the ground and making somebody laugh at me. That would be entertaining to some folks. <laughs> sure. You know, the thing is, is I I want to I want to actually be, that would entertain me. Exa- exactly. No offense, man. No, just, it would seriously, be funny. it would be funny. <laughs> But that's what I feel God calling me to do. But right now, um, and, and I guess there's this whole thing about, you know, vocation and um, what's the other word? Vocation. And then you, there's there's another word that's like vocation, but it's, it's I, don't know. I, don't, I don't know. But anyway, the, the thing is, 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 is vocation, I think, is what you do with your calling. And and right now, I guess and I, I don't know, I'm, but I, I feel called to entertain to it in to educate to encourage and inspire that's that's my calling brent yeah. and and uh right now i i feel you know i feel like doing podcasting i'm right where god wants me to be and i occupation and profession pursuit occupation okay your there's your vocation and occupation oh, okay my vocation is to serve to entertain to you know all those things and it just so happens that in my occupation as podcast producer and consultant and whatever else i do right now uh, in this in this occupation, I'm ha- I'm actually living out my vocation. Right. Yeah. Does that make sense? Sure. Yeah, Thank sure. you. Very cool. I'll tell you what. We are already at 53 minutes, so I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna just go ahead and wrap up. Howard and Rick from Wisconsin. I just want you to know that. Do you want to do you want to tease everybody and, and we'll just play it and we'll come back to it next week? Uh, no, because I don't know even what they are. Oh, okay. We we will come back to them next week, but we want you to know that we do have. Actually, DG has, uh, I will tease them about this, uh, future <laughs> topics may be 
postmodernism and the effect it has had on our faith, yep. the lost practice of Christian hospitality, and also the divine hours. That's right. All right. So we've got that plus some unknown calls and topics from <laughs> our good friend Howard Shepard and our friend Rick from Wisconsin. And uh, we want to encourage you, of course, to give us a call today. 859-795-4067. Again, 859-795-4067. That's where you can call and leave us a voicemail for your suggested topic and or question for our show. I would love to hear from you guys. We would both Definitely. love to hear from you guys. Exactly. Yes. Please, and, please, uh, please. DG, are you here next week? Is next week the week you're off? I think I'm here. Oh, uh, that's no, okay. Uh, no. Uh, yeah, I'm here. Okay. So <laughs> I can't yeah. remember. It's insane, man. Uh, next sorry. week you're here. You're here. You're here. What? You're always here. I'm here. Who's not here next week? I'm here. I'm here. Somebody's for not at least here. A month. Oh, it's help. I got a Mac on April 1st. So you're good. Okay. We're, we're, right, we'll good. be here week after week after week. Wait, wait. Week. Is that an April Fool's joke that he's playing on? Uh, you? It might be. April 1st. I don't know. Mm. Anyway, hey, uh, we want to remind you to pray for another church in your area, another denomination, even. Uh, <laughs> if you want to, pray for those heathens over there. <laughs> And just no, seriously, <laughs> pray for another church in your area that's not your own. And, 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 and I'll tell you what, go beyond that. Go hang out. Go to lunch with somebody from another church. You know what? I'll challenge you even more so. Yeah. Um, and, and this, and I actually did this with a friend of mine last night. I was really, really feeling the need to be incarnational. And we what? can talk about incarnation if we want to, but not right now, but uh, next week. Okay. You want to put that in there? It, and um, we can also talk about atonement theories. If you want oh to go hardcore. <laughs> I can't even spell these things. No, hold on. Incarnational. Incarnational and atonement theories. Okay. <laughs> this <laughs> is going to be fun, folks. Oh, yeah. You're going to get a seminary education, baby. This is awesome. You're going you're gonna to see how Cliff talks about theology. <laughs> this, this, you think this has been fun. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up and just tell me the stuff I need to know. Anyway, uh, feeling incarnational, like I really want to be a Christian in, you know, in the world, but not of it. Oh, so, yeah, you know, yeah. Actually yeah, living yeah. in this world. And so I desperately wanted, it was, it was St. Patty's Day last night. And I desperately wanted to go to Molly Malone's pub, have some fish and Why chips. Why not? And have a beer. Have some Guinness. Right. And so we went and, uh, and man, that was an insane, crazy, filled with drunk people all over the place fest. But I loved it. Did and, you and smile and encourage people? Of course, man. Of course, it of was. Of course, you did. It was. A, it was. A, it was an awesome time to celebrate. You know, DG. Saint Patrick, but also to love on some people that need to be able to feel some community and feel some love. And uh, and I think you know I was talking with a guy that went with me. He didn't drink, uh, and that's great. It was fine. He tasted everything, but he didn't drink. But it was so awesome to be able to say, "Don't you think that every Christian should be doing this on a regular basis, not being offended by it?" But living in the world and not of it. Yeah. I think that this is really missing. Absolutely. That's uh, why we need to quit having so many programs at our churches and so many goofy ministries and and <laughs> let people start learning what their gifts and talents are and start doing things in the world. Anonymous said he encouraged the Irish drunks to fight. Nice. <laughs> no, there were no there weren't any fights. There was lots of uh grinding on the third floor of Molly Malone. Second floor had food. First floor was just beer flowing everywhere. And they actually, like, their whole parking lot was just one big, huge tent. Nice. And they just had so many people there. It was tons of fun. Um, but it was, it is eye-opening to be able to see a lot of people that think this is the ultimate of fun. Yeah. And to be able to uh, love them and care for them wherever they're at is so important. DG, one of the things that I appreciate you, about you is your ability to just absolutely love some people unconditionally and and. It, it inspires me, your love for others. I just want to say Thanks, that. Thanks, man. I love you. And I, I tell you, it, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's something that, that you know, it, it's, it's awesome. I love the fact that you and I come from things with a different theological background. And, and I, I, I just love the fact that we hang out and, and it doesn't ever come between us. That's right. All right, folks. Uh, one last thing here. If you are not a GSPN.TV Plus member, why not? Head over to GSPN.TV. What are you doing? <laughs> forward slash plus and uh, there's some testimonials over there of current members and and information about how you can become a member and i think you should throw that same ad up that you did in the previous podcast yes. on this one. i would love to be able to meet everybody cliff has an opportunity for y'all to meet us and for us to meet meet you 
And uh, you need to start thinking about it now and getting airline tickets and be able to start thinking about that stuff. But we would love to meet you and to be able to see you and have an opportunity to exactly live out what I just got through talking about. Exactly. By being incarnational with people who might not be Christians, but you can still be able to have a ton of fun, watch Lost, and, uh, and actually yeah. be in community. Even if, you, even if you hate the TV show Lost. I would encourage you yes, to come yes, and yes, check yes. out the gspn.tv community. I mean, if Winnie's coming all the way from Belgium again, again she's coming. Yes. Holy cow. Yes. Winnie, hook me up with a job. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> so uh, anyway, it, it's going to be fun. And I'll tell you what, we're just going to close with this promo. Awesome. Oh, did you want to say something? Oh, I was just going to say, uh, Praxis Podcast has been on hold for a while. This That's another podcast I do. But I think I'm to the point now where I need to start asking for people to give me suggestions on who to interview. So we're looking for anyone that you think is is on the far, far edge, pastors or church people or whatever else that are emergent, missional, emerging. I don't care what are you going to label it, but uh, or authors or something else like that. Just let us know who those people are. We would love to find that information. You can do that at praxispodcast at gmail.com. There you go. Thank you. All right. God bless you all. Until next time, join the community. Community pass. You've followed the story. Do you think we crashed on this place? Incidents? You've listened to the podcast. It's destiny. And now it must come to an end. You and me are getting the hell off this island. But not before Cliff and Stephanie throw a lost series finale party. Pack your bags. Make your reservations. We're going on vacation, baby. 5 p.m. Eastern, Sunday, May 23rd. The Lost Series Finale Party. We need to get to the safe house. The party will be at a secure facility, but you must RSVP to get in. Open this door! Don't miss the GSPN Lost Finale Party. It's your last chance. Well, thank God for second chances. Sign up today at gspn.tv slash lostparty.